Addison's Wake, a novel by Sam Calvo. The Found. I don't like it, Elliot declared. Mordecai was taken aback. What do you mean? I don't like it. What do you mean you don't like it? Ellie looked up at the blazing halo and covered her eyes with her arm. The light is very bright. It hurts my eyes. After walking over the stone bridge, Mordecai and his little sister Ellie stood at the edge of the only known lookout point outside of Macrosanti. In front of them was a natural landscape in a part of the world that had no name. A barren wasteland for many miles until, if you squinted hard enough, a forest of trees and a range of snow-flecked mountains nestled into the edge of the horizon. Puffy clouds patterned an azure sky, and a halo of blinding light shined from above. It hurts mine too, Mordecai said to her. I don't think our eyes are used to looking at it. Just don't look at it. What's the point of it if we can't look at it? I don't know, but this is what everything else is. This is the world. Ellie placed her delicately manicured hands on the stone ledge and gazed at the landscape. So this is the found. Yeah, it is, Mordecai said. Why do they call it that? Ellie asked. The patrollers call it that. But nobody ever finds it. It's ironic. Oh. A rude wind breezed past them, and tiny goosebumps formed on Ellie's arms. A shiver went down her back. It's so cold. My teeth are chattering. Do you think they'll turn up the heat? No, they can't do that. Why not? The climate-controlling web isn't part of this. It's only in Macrosanti. Ellie glanced back at the enormous geodesic dome from which they came. Their friends and family were back there, no doubt. The stone bridge went right back into Macrosanti through a little opening. It wasn't so cold back there. Then Ellie let out a few little coughs. The air is so thick, I feel like I'm breathing smoke. We're just not used to breathing this air, Mordecai assured her. It's natural. It hurts. It's natural. But I like the air back home. Ellie pointed back to Macrosante and Mordecai became agitated. It's not home, Ellie, he snapped. It'll never be our home. The people there are not living. They are dying. But it's nice there. Mommy and Daddy are there. All of our friends are there. It's not real, Ellie. It's not how the world should be. A ragged ladder dangled over the side of the stone lookout, all the way down to the wasteland floor. Ellie peered over the side and curled herself into a fetal position on the floor. I don't want to go, she cried. I don't want to go down there. I don't want to leave. Mordecai couldn't blame her. The lookout was the hardest place it ever been to. He tugged at her arm. Come on, Ellie, you have to get up. I don't want to go, she cried again. I know it looks like nothing, but past the mountains there's a forest, and we can go. I don't want to go, she screamed. Mordecai looked back at the two men at the other end of the bridge. They were wearing silk clothes with the emblem of Macrosanti plastered across the chest, the uniform of the patrollers. They were too far to read their facial expressions, but no doubt Mordecai knew they were snickering at them. Nobody goes down the ladder, he imagined them joking to each other. And even if they did, they wouldn't survive. They're just kids. Ellie wouldn't budge, and Mordecai knew he couldn't force her to leave Macrosanti and live with a brooding resentment that would hang over her head like a perpetual storm cloud. 
So he put a supportive hand on her bare neck, which was soft to the touch. They shared the supple skin of Macrosante. The world behind you isn't your world, Mordecai softly said to his crying sister. He pulled a small, tattered book from his jacket pocket and opened it up. Look, see this here, Mordecai said. You showed me your stupid book, Ellie hollered. I'm sick of hearing about it. It's all you talk about and it's not true. Mommy said so already. She's never been here, Mordecai assured her. Never seen this. He flipped through the book until he reached the page and revealed it to Ellie. Look, I don't want to look. Just look, Ellie. The page looked like a map, except that Macrosanti was shown as a tiny dot in the middle, while the rest of the page was covered in foreign clumps of brown and green with unreadable markers. Ellie had never seen a map that showed Macrosanti so small. In fact, she'd only seen maps of Macrosanti itself. Do you see all this? Mordecai said, pointing to the brown and green clumps. This is the rest of it. The book says that the natural world is, I don't care about your stupid book, Ellie hollered. That's all you ever talk about anymore, that stupid book. I miss mommy and daddy. I want to go home. I don't care about your stupid book. I don't care about the map. Just burn the horrible thing. Mordecai sighed. Ellie, you need to understand. I don't want to understand anything. That book has loosened your tongue and it's made you say such awful things. I hate this place. I want to go home. Mordecai accepted her nature and stuffed the book back in his jacket. Ellie didn't talk like the other kids, mainly because Mordecai didn't talk like the other kids and she was always with him, so sometimes she talked like him. Soon she would start to talk like the others, and so would Mordecai. But Mordecai knew somewhere deep inside of her was a rebellious spirit, and once she found it, they could finally go home. Okay, Ellie, he softly said. Let's go home. Mordecai took Ellie's elegant hand in his, connecting the delicate, silky skin, and walked back on the stone bridge toward Macrosanti, where every day was the same. The light sphere inside shined bright, the food was always pleasant on the tongue, and everyone inside was alive. Everything was alive and nothing died. Nothing was allowed to die inside of Macrosanti. The dome was impenetrable. There were no cracks that not even the faintest of suffering could see through. Deprived of a true mind and body and soul that's molded through hardships. Excesses of everything that stimulate the senses all the time, enclosed in an artificial habitat, one that surrounded the people in granite and chrome towers with sterile streetscapes, everything cold to the touch. Nobody was more interest, uninterested in life than a resident of Macrosanti. Mordecai then looked, up, looked at Ellie, her eyes red and puffy, with a bit of yellow goo coming out of her nose. Since she was born, this must have been the only time she had cried with such passion. Crying is liberating. It's the acceptance of pain or misery or even happiness. But for Ellie... Mordecai couldn't blame her. It's almost impossible for her to liberate herself, he thought to himself. How can you remove your shackles if you don't know you're wearing them? They walked back toward the two patrols at the end of the bridge. Before they reached them, Mordecai snuck the book into Ellie's pants pocket. This will liberate you, Mordecai whispered her. Please read it. It has already freed my mind, but I cannot go without you. We cannot go unless you free yourself. Ellie took Mordecai's hand and squeezed it. One of the patrollers extended his arm and escorted Ellie back inside. The other gestured the same to Mordecai, but he waved him off. I don't need an escort. I already know my way.